Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowen, and Pastor Adam Mosier continue their discussion on Article 15 of the Augsburg Confession, looking at an Old Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary. Whatever your vocation is, start here, go anywhere, grounded in God's Word. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. All right. We are into our Old Testament episode on our arc through uh, Augsburg Confession, Article 15. This is great. Yeah. Uh, I'm highly excited. Uh, This is our first time in the Book of Leviticus looking through the episodes we've done. We have not had an episode on, on anything in Leviticus, so this and is, this is this a is, great one. This is a great one, yes. So, in an effort to annoy and, and alienate all of our listeners who don't like sports and have a sports reference in every episode, <laughs> there's this thing on Twitter for football fans. It's called Scorigami, and it's an ah. organization that tracks... And, and, and does the celebration every time there's a unique score at the end yeah, of a football game. Yeah. Because in football, there's a, a finite amount of points, and there's only so many combinations of a score that you can have, right? This is like Scorigami for the Being Lutheran podcast, mm-hmm. is finding a book of the Bible mm-hmm. that we haven't done a study from yet. So this is number one for Leviticus. I should commission you, Brett, <laughs> uh, when we're done yeah. with these recordings, to... Look through how many books of the Bible are left. Ooh, that's interesting. I would, yeah, I, w- I would I, venture to say we know, haven't done Song of Songs. Yeah, there and books like uh, like well, Third John. We, did we do one? Maybe on Philemon. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe some of the smaller yeah. books we haven't quite Obadiah. Hit. Obadiah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Minor prophets are a little bit lacking. I would for hazard us. a guess. Like 47 out of 66. You think we're so young? Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting now yeah, to, to see what that is. But yeah, it's, and I don't know that we've done Proverbs. I want to say that we have done mm-hmm. one. I think we did a, yeah. But so anyway, uh, we, are, we are getting a big checkbox next to Leviticus uh, and <laughs> doing one of my uh, favorite stories from the Old Testament in that it's there's a lot of death. Tragic. There's a lot of death. Violent death. Yes. Violent, yeah, right. unexpected. No, it's 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 just really interesting. It's really unexpected, and there is just so much to unpack from it. Right. It, it's it, like it's, it's it's a type of story where it's it's unique in that God doesn't always do uh, act in this way, but it, it it was done with a way to grab our attention yeah. and to make a point. So I guess with that said, uh, we're looking at Leviticus 10, verses 1 through 7, and I'll go ahead and read that, and I apologize ahead of time for butchering names or whatnot, but uh, just roll with me on it. Uh, Leviticus 10, uh, verses 1 through 7, I read in Jesus' name, says, Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, and laid incense on it, and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. How are we not going to get through this episode without a uh, reference to um, uh, Indiana Jones and the... In the Temple of Doom? Yes, yeah. Or the Holy Grail. It's all biblical references in Indiana Jones. Yeah, okay, never mind. That was an unexpected digression. Yes, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That was not verse 3, but... (laughs) Well, you're reading from the message now. Oh, no. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, picking up verse 3. Uh, then Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified, and before all people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. And Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, Come near, carry your brothers away from the front of the sanctuary and out of the camp. So they came near and carried them in their coats out of the camp, as Moses had said. And Moses said to Aaron and to Eleazar and to Ithamar, his sons, Do not let the hair of your heads hang loose, and do not tear your clothes, lest you die, and wrath come upon all the congregation. But let your brothers, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning that the Lord has kindled. And do not go outside the entrance of the tent of meeting, lest you die, for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moses. And here ends the scripture reading. Amen. 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 Minus that little digression. Minus minus that footnote (laughs) from the uh, unauthorized version. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So I got unauthorized, yeah. Nice. I got a couple of minor and insignificant things I need to get out of the way. Okay. uh, Just to get them out of my head so I can think clearly. One, how much you want to bet that there is a death metal band out there right now (laughs) called Unauthorized Fire. Ooh, I, if I, there's not... I, that... I would put that at like 9 to 10 odds. It's just... <laughs> and the, the front man is John MacArthur. There's a... <laughs> You're on a roll in that was great. Uh, the front man was John <laughs> Sorry, Sorry everyone. about that. Oh. Uh, the second, I need to do an informal poll, poll here. There, there, are, there are a couple New Test or Old testament things that people always pronounce mm-hmm. differently. And, oh, and, no, I'm sorry. And, no, 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 no. I, I want to know. So yeah. for you two here, since we can't pull the audience, Abahu or Abihu? Abihu. Abihu? Abihu. Yeah. Abihu. So Is I, it Abihu or Abihu? Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> Abihu, like, yeah, you know, who's Abai. on first, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so, yeah. so yeah. I, okay. I previously did Abihu, but I've changed oh, to Abihu. Really? So that's probably the, some going back to the Hebrew. Yeah, yeah. who knows? Or, or just the weird way English mm-hmm. people pronounce things. Uh, the, the second one, it's the same family of names. Uh, uh, Naphtali or Naphtali? Naphtali. Naphtali. Naphtali? Yeah. Naphtali. <laughs> this is one of the things. It's just like, it's like, I wish I would have learned Hebrew. That's yes, what, really yes, what this yes, makes yes, me If only yeah. we had all gone to seminary. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I'm just always amazed at the different ways that mm-hmm. we come in. You know, there's like these threads of pronunciation. So. Maybe it's my Illinoisan. Coming through. Yeah, we'll blame that yeah, White definitely. Sox fan. Yes. <laughs> Who would right, now so. the World Series? No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Back to your regularly <clears throat> scheduled programming. Yeah, so, I mean, we the reason why we're talking about this text today is, you know, connecting it to Article 15. We've been talking about Adiaphra, been talking about uh, the things in the church, um, and, and just uh, how why we do what we do. And, and we thought of this text because of uh, thinking about how these guys, Nadab and Abihu, you know, did something un- unauthorized. You know, they did something, they were taking it into their own hands, uh, something that the Lord had not authorized them to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have the unauthorized fire that the Lord had not commanded uh, is kind of the first bookend. And then the second bookend of what they were doing, God says, I will be sanctified and I will be glorified. And, and in that, on that bookshelf with those two bookends is this idea that not everything that we innovate in the church, not everything that we add, not everything that we invent is good 
and is positive mm-hmm. and is even godly, even if we do it with the best intentions or the greatest amount of sincerity. And conversely, not everything that we do or add is is wrong either. And that's not what this verse is saying. God didn't have a, a prescribed method of everything in such a way that he's not allowing for freedom in the New Testament in terms of worship, like we've talked about it being adiaphora, but it's that they did something he didn't command them to do. They were they were going outside of his command. Mm-hmm. And that would be, like you said, leading away from the idea that he was to be glorified and sanctified. That's where that's what was being missed. And I think that's the tie into today. Yeah, and in the tie into today and to the tie in with the article is that uh, the article prescribes that, you know, it's what do we do with things that are not specifically commanded but are also not forbidden? And, and the accusation here against Nadab and Abihu and, and, and whoever else would play that role. I was it, thinking of uh, King Saul, remember when he was yeah. uh, sacrificing the, the sheep and yeah. not waiting for Samuel? Well, and, and, mm-hmm. and especially instructive in that case right. is he turns to Samuel and he says, I have done everything that the Lord commanded me <laughs> yeah. to do. And, yeah. and Samuel drops the gauntlet and he says, then what then is this bleeding of sheep I, in my I, ears? I love right? that line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, w- the Bible does not allow us to play it fast and loose with yeah. the presence of God or with his word. Mm-hmm. And, and it's very clear that that's what Nadab and Abihu were doing. They were approaching God on their own terms, apart from his command, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I mean, you know, there's just tons of parallels in Scripture uh, for, for what all of this looks like and what the church of today does in light of our own confession, right? right? We, uh, we mentioned off-air yeah. uh, the, the sons of Sceva, and the, the various prophecies that they were doing in imitating uh, the apostles and the the line from the, the demon actually. I know Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> I know Paul. But right. who are you? Yeah, yeah. I and, don't know. I don't know. I'm going to pull it out there. It's not as funny as when I dropped it before. <laughs> but the, the the demon's like, you're basically a cover band led by Mark Wahlberg. Right now. <laughs> I mean, you look, it kind of sounds the same. You have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's um, how much of what the church is doing today. Mm-hmm falls on doing something that is good and beneficial for the sake of the people mm-hmm. versus something that is selfish and changes the focus off of what God intends. Right. And, and I think the tension here is between a me-first faith hmm. and a Christ-centered faith and a me-to-God worship rather than a God-to-me worship. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we're going to anchor our discussion sure. in light of Article 15 and Leviticus 10. Right. Yeah, and that makes me think, you know, can you guys think of any examples of, of this in the current church of, oh. uh, of uh, <laughs> offering unauthorized fire before the Lord? You know, this, this just came to me. And I don't want to get struck by lightning or anything like that. Uh, Moving away. But we are Lutheran. And you have talked about this a lot prior to my time on the show. Uh, I've listened to it. I've heard it. Um, One of my things is is when you're dealing with the Lord's Supper, right? Mm. And you're you're claiming that it's it's bread and wine symbolic of the the nice things that he's done. That's not what it is. So when you're handling the, the body and blood, when you're administering the sacraments like that, I find that to be kind of an, an interesting dynamic. I mean, we need to be careful. <laughs> when Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood, 
I'm going to pay attention there. As a pastor, mm-hmm. I'm going to be paying attention as, as what is uh, promised and commanded in regard to mm-hmm. that that sacrament. Well, and along those lines, just yesterday, uh, a friend showed me from the statement of faith of a Lutheran congregation a description of the sacraments. And the, this congregation's description of the sacraments is that they are outward observances of an inner spiritual reality. Wow. Oh, wow. And that is highly troubling. Mm-hmm. Because that is not what our confession from Scripture is. Not at all. And, and, and that's exactly the same thing. If we want to use the characters in, 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 in some whipping boys, I mean, anything done in the name of entertainment at, at any of these, you know, big box churches where the focus is on performance rather on worship, I, there's all sorts of nonsense that we can pull out. What, it doesn't have to be just the big box churches, no, too. But, but yeah. it's the ones that get attention, right? Sure. I'm sure it's going on in smaller churches all around the country, but no one cares. It's a cheap they're knockoff. Small, but the, yeah. They're not as entertaining. But, you know, <laughs> one, and, and again... I think the focus here, instead of finding all those whipping boys, because it's super easy and we can have a lot of fun with it, is is when it's sincere and it's well-intentioned. And I remember when I first started teaching at these schools mm-hmm. and uh, going through uh, a class on the sacraments, and I was earnestly in, 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 in asked, uh, one of the gals was at her home church, and she said, during church, we ran out of uh, wine or and my pastor went in to the church fridge and got lemonade and finished communion. Mm-hmm. She goes, was that right? And I said, no, yeah, not wow. at all. Mm-hmm. And I almost made her cry in class. Oh. But it's, we can't play it fast and loose with yeah, the things of God, right? right? right. And, and I said, if, if that had happened, like you had an unexpected amount of people and you were literally out of communion wine mm-hmm. at church, I said, you, your pastor had one of two options. He stopped communion right there. And say we'll we'll pick this up next week or or whatever or come back next time. <laughs> yeah, well, or what I probably would have done because I'm in the middle of a city, you know, I'm not a country church thirty miles away from civilization, uh, and that's not what I'm saying where that church was. Sure. But my context is would have paused, probably picked a hymn or two, sent one of the deacons or the elders to the grocery store, mm-hmm. get it. Come back and finish. Uh, th- there's nothing that, I mean, this is an important thing we're doing. We can wait a little bit to receive Christ's body and blood, right? Right, right. right. And, and, you know, you get that sense of, in this text in Leviticus, of you treating something as holy. And uh, and I appreciate this discussion on the Lord's Supper of this is not something to mess around with. This is, right. is something to take seriously. And, you know, I'm looking at these verses again here, you know, Moses saying in verse 3, you know, this is what the Lord has said, uh, I will be sanctified before all the people and I will be glorified. And and there's, and I think that's a theme of Leviticus in general is just the holiness of the Lord. Right. Do you think that that ties in then with the idea that at worship, when we walk away, and I hear this from people, and you know what, to be completely honest with you, I feel it too. I think we each do because of our sinful flesh that when we go to church, we want to enjoy it, right? We want to, we want, and I'm not saying that this is what my mind thinks, and when I'm thinking about it, that's not where I go, but we, we want to be entertained. We want to feel good when we when we go to church. And one of the things we, we have to continue to bring ourselves back to is our 
our going to a worship service, if our intention of going to this worship service is to get the feels, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? No, I mean, and so, uh, I like that. so that's the thing. It's, it, it's right there in Scripture. I want to be glorified, Jesus said, or God says here in this, huh. in this particular text, before all the people. Yeah. I want to be glorified. It has nothing to do with my feels. It has nothing to do with how much I like the songs or the music or the coffee that served beforehand. Uh, all of those things can be great, but it's a heart issue, right? Where I'm going in and I'm going there because I, I just, I, it just makes me happy. I feel good there. Now, feelings aren't always bad, but they certainly uh, can be misleading and they certainly are not the point of worship. Well, and that's where you hit the nail on the head. And if, I think, first of all, this desire to be entertained or this desire to have church feel, make us feel good is the very definition of moralistic therapeutic deism, mm-hmm. that, that Christian Smith right. coined that term. And yep. most, that is the default confession of generic American Christianity, is that moralistic therapeutic deism, it's summed up, uh, is the phrase... Uh, I'm nice, you're nice, God is nice, go be nice. Right? <laughs> right. Uh, that, that's what it looks like. That's but, the creed, right? right. Yeah, but that's their creed. I think the bigger tension here is the one truth is that the gospel should produce experience. It should right. produce good feeling because it is, in fact, good news. But because of that, we so often do an end run around the gospel and pursue the experience at the expense of the gospel. Right. And, and that's the problem that we're talking about here. It's, will the gospel always produce an experience? No. There, there are many times where, and especially for lifelong Christians or, or, or regularly practicing Christians, the gospel is a normal thing. You know, I expect to have my sins forgiven at church. That means mm-hmm. some of the time leaving church, I'm not doing cartwheels down the aisle and out the front steps. Mm. Uh, no one wants to see that anyway. But, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes... especially you. Yeah, you're, you're prone to injury. Guy breaks an ankle one time and he's a klutz. <laughs> Uh, but now uh, we do have to say many, many, many elderly women navigated that step much better than you did. <laughs> fair, <laughs> very fair. But 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 the other thing is is part of the glory of the gospel is that it is so regularly available to us hmm. that it answers those problems. If church, if Christianity, if the gospel is all about happiness, hmm. then your unhappiness ends up being a commentary on the gospel. And mm. that's a problem. Mm. Mm. And, and, and you run into all sorts of currently existing problems in the church mm-hmm. and for people who are leaving the church because that is the implicit outcome of what that moralistic therapeutic deism is, right. is that your emotions, your current state is a comment on the existence of God and the effectiveness of his reality. And in reality, it should be a byproduct and not the, no, the thing you're, not seeking, the thing you're seeking. Yeah. yeah. In reality, you're going to go to church and feel like trash one day, and you're going to come up relieved and refreshed and comforted. And sometimes you're going to go to church, and you're going to be distracted, and you're going to not you know, have that experience. But guess what? The gospel is still the same and the effect of the gospel Mm, is still mm -hmm. the same. And that's the sort of thing that should fuel us as Christians on a day-to-day basis, not trying to invent something or add something. So we're chasing that carrot every Mm. single Sunday morning. Mm. Right. 
Yeah, and so thinking about this Leviticus 10 text, thinking about Article 15, you know, it draws us to think of what we're doing in our churches and in how even anything and everything we do can get us off kilter in terms of uh, knowing the holiness of God, and, you know, basically keeping the distinction between law and gospel clear and, uh, and, and having that lead to the, uh, just the con- comforting of our consciences through it. Yeah, the comfort for the conscience, and, and I think, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, where we go off the rails is when church becomes us doing something for God and then, like we said, feeling good about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Todd Wilkin, who's the host of the Issues Etc. podcast, always says it this way, uh, when you go to church, who is the subject of the verbs? Mm-hmm. Are we doing right. something for right. God or is God doing something for us? Mm-hmm. And now, again, uh, praise and worship, which... There's a bigger issue at that is those two words aren't synonyms. They're not the same word. Worship is a different thing than praise, and worship involves praise. But worship isn't wholly encompassed by mm-hmm. praise. But but praise and worship, as it is used in generic American Christianity, is just like the emotional experience. It should flow from and be a product of the proclamation of the gospel. It should not be the driving force to get us into a state where we're ready to hear God speak. Mm-hmm. That That's not the focus of the worship service. The focus is we come to church with our sin and our shame and our guilt, and we are forgiven. Mm-hmm. And in that... We God is sanctified yes. and glorified. Yeah. And that's exactly what the gospel is, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it, the whole point is that, yes, you are sinful and I saved you. Yes, I am great and holy. Amen. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he's looking for here. And I think that's a, a big takeaway for us is when we go to church, is the gospel proclaimed? And that, when when that happens, when we highlight what God has done, that in itself is praiseworthy. Mm-hmm. That, that's worth singing about. That's, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, you know. The, the best contemporary praise and worship music and the best hymns, that's the content right there. It's describing to us what God has done and giving an opportunity for us to celebrate that as mm-hmm. the people of God, as the body of Christ. Yep. yep. Amen. I, I think that's a good place to end today. You'll have to come back next week as we get into a New Testament text on similar topics here. Yeah, it's an excellent study here. The the New Testament section is entirely relevant for what we're talking about, and it's going to talk about the body of Christ. I do really quickly want to open a can of worms. Uh, Just at the very end, uh, verse 7 says, And do not go outside the entrance of the tent of meeting, lest you die, for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. I, I think there is a warning in here uh, for pastors, hmm. especially to stay in their lane, hmm. to, to, for us ah, to do yeah. what God has called us to do mm-hmm. in proclaiming the word and declaring the absolution and not providing some other role that we aren't called to do. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. For the latest from the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota, visit flbc.edu. God bless you and have a great day.